We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. On this episode of the Rotowire Dynasty Fantasy Football Podcast, my guest is Joe Dolan from FantasyPoints.com. Joe has been producing fantasy content since 2008, where he worked for the Philadelphia Eagles, eventually Fantasy Guru, formerly owned and operated by John Hansen. He's currently on the Fantasy Feast Podcast with Ross Tucker, a former NFL lineman. Joe is the co-host of SiriusXM's fantasy football show on Sunday, which airs during the action, which serves as a audio version of the Red Zone channel, one of my favorite listens. Joe is now co-owner of FantasyPoints.com. The first 25 minutes of the podcast, we get deep into discussion of Joe's journey into the fantasy business. I think it's one of the most fascinating stories that he comes from humble beginnings. About 30 minutes into the podcast, we get into our main topic, must buy Dynasty fantasy football running backs. I love the players that Joe has on his list. A few elite options that have suppressed value and a major pass-catching running back that nobody is talking about as a buy. I am confident you will enjoy hearing about Joe's adventure in fantasy as much as I did. Even though you still have all of your Phillies gear up, I mean, aren't you now, I don't know if you're in North Carolina now, aren't you? South Carolina. South Carolina. When did you move there? Uh, July of 2020. Okay. Any, right in the was, middle of the pandemic. Perfect uh, time. Perfect yeah, time. How about that? Yeah. What, what was the reason for the move? Were you just kind of uh, sick of the Northeast uh, or was it a job? Well, no. I mean, it was uh, not my job. Uh, fortunately, my job is capable of, you know, picking up and moving. Um, uh, my wife actually is a professor at Clemson. So after she got her PhD, uh, we moved uh, to South Carolina, Greenville, South Carolina. You know, it's funny you say that because w- why do we all move around the the globe here? It's for our, our wives, the people we love. Same thing. I'm a lifelong New Yorker, lifelong Northeaster like uh, like you. But we uh, we moved to Florida because mm-hmm. of my wife's job. And, you know, I, like what we do, I guess, is kind of important. Not really. But, you know, our wives do something that's always more important than us. So I, I empathize there. Um Oh, that's you know, definitely how it goes. That's you know, just goes. just like many fantasy players, you know, that have been playing for decades, I used to read all my content. And, you know, the first time I heard someone do audio content, Joe, that was you, man. On really? Series, yeah. You were my first exposure to audio content. So wow. you always you always remember your first. <laughs> I got you. I got you. Yeah. <laughs> I was your first. Um, no. Um, so what was that? Would that be the game day show or is that when Matt no. Camp and I used to host on Saturdays? 
Uh, you were so I when I first got you know I got serious for Howard Stern in 2006, uh, and then I you know just found the Fantasy Channel. So I was listening on demand. I was I was like, oh my god, there's fantasy football on the radio. So that's my first question to you. How long have you uh, been doing? Uh, you know, take me back because I'm okay. just curious. How, what you what was your path? Okay, so let's let let's go back to the start. So um, I graduated from school in 2008, um, and if if you'll remember, 2008 not a great time to be graduating from college, um, just in terms of the job market. So I remember I was obviously I was a print journalism, sports journalism major. Okay, already playing from behind. Okay, I'm a journalism major in 2008 in a terrible job market. And I remember my college roommates, you know, one's one was an actuarial scientist, which hell, I know they get paid a lot, but you could not, you could not pay me enough to do that job. Well, he lines up a job. I've got an engineer uh, who line has a job lined up. And I had my other roommate was a business manager, a business major who had a job lined up and I'm sitting there in April and I'm like going out drinking five days a week. And, Oh, what are you going to do, Joe? Uh, I don't know. (laughs) You know, I'm interviewing with newspapers and all that stuff. I interviewed with the local TV station in the Lehigh Valley of Pennsylvania. Really just something that's like, ah, it'll pay the bills for a while. Turns out I uh, interviewed for a job at a newspaper up in Scranton, PA. Um, Yes, that's Scranton, the office Scranton. Yeah, yeah, Scranton, Wilkes-Barre. And I interviewed for that newspaper, and he ends up offering me an internship to cover prep sports. A guy by the name of Larry Haleev, a great guy. Um, He offers me an internship. And and I'm like, you know what? I said yes. Why? Because my roommates have had jobs lined up for like five months. And do I see myself covering prep sports for the rest of my life? God, no. But I need to pay the bills, right? So I, I, I do that. Meanwhile, I accept that job. Meanwhile, um, I get a phone call from the Philadelphia Eagles at the time, um, a guy by the name of Chris McPherson, and he and, and he interviews me. He says, hey, you know, um, we had a we, uh, somebody I knew at Penn State, Justin Kunkel, and he said he recommended you. He said you do a good job here. Let's just have an interview, and what it would be would be like a one-season kind of like internship writing for the official Eagles website. So I interviewed there, and, and you know, and – like an hour later over the phone and this is all within like a couple of days of each other in april like two weeks before i graduate and um they, he calls me back and he says dude if you accept this job we're not going to interview anybody else wow. just like we'll flat out just give it to you um so i accepted and then i had to do the worst thing like i'm 21 years old i'm a complete slob um and i have to call this very nice man who offered me my first job in scranton and say look i've got an opportunity I can't pass up. And of course, and, and, and he didn't mean this maliciously, but he's like, oh, I'm sorry, but there was a chance this could become a full-time job. And then I'm like, oh God, Ugh. what did I just do? Ugh. But I didn't go back on my decision. I went to Philadelphia to, to write for the Eagles website, nine bucks an hour. Um, um, I, you know, and I'm, I'm, I'm paying my own way. Like, you know, I didn't grow up wealthy or anything like that. So I'm, you know, I'm doing the nine bucks an hour thing. And um, I'm living in a room. Uh, first, first and foremost, before training camp, I lived with my buddy's parents. Oh, okay? Jesus! And, and they, but look, they they for free. Hmm. I, I mean, uh, like you, you talk about me not being able to 
like I couldn't have done that job without them doing that. And the reason I did that is because we, at that time, the Eagles went to training camp at Lehigh University, which is where my parents lived. So I could stay at home for the three weeks of training camp. So why would I be paying rent when I'm not making any money? So they did that. And then eventually I had to get my own place in Philly. I got a room in a house in an area of Philly called Maniunk, um, which is where a lot of yuppies live. Um, and I just had a room <laughs> that, with, with, it's funny. I, I just want to stop you there. Yeah. I still use the word yuppies too. People, you know, I, if you talk to anyone under 30, under 25 years old, they don't even know the word yuppie anymore. Yeah. I, I mean, like it's I don't know, young <laughs> professionals, right? That's all it is. Right. Um, and um, to consider me a professional at that point was, <laughs> It's <laughs> very, uh, it's very ill-advised. But no, I lived in a guy lived with three guys I had never met before. But it had a, it had a bedroom, and it yeah. was a nice house. And hell, man, it was a couple hundred bucks a month. I didn't even have to buy a bed because the guy who lived there before me didn't feel like moving his bed out. So I'm like, yeah, all right. And so I basically just packed some clothes, and that's where I was for um, August until February. Um, and then it turns out um, I had to actually re-enter the real world all this did was delay my entry to the real world but as as it should as it should so is this the is this so how long did you work there and then how did that connect to the next thing which was a fantasy guru right so here's here's yeah exactly so here's what happens um i worked there from june 2008 to february 2009 okay great experience you know i would be you know the irony is i'd be so much better at that job now than i was then because i was 21 i was a slob i was you know like (laughs) And I'm scared to death, like talking to John Runyon and things like that. You know, like I'd be so much better at that now, but you know, it was experience. Well, turns out like, because we're on the official website, we've got sponsors. Okay. And McPherson says to me, he's like, yeah, we got this Bud Light thing. We got to do a fantasy column. Um, Mm, All right. And I'm the intern. So you play fantasy Dolan, don't you? Yeah, I play fantasy. All right. You write this column. People forget what fantasy was in 2008, and sometimes we are guilty of that too. It's mm-hmm. it was kind of like this Dungeons and Dragons like thing that you know it was it was there it was but it wasn't cool. It was it nerdy. Was, what happened was you know once you know Yahoo ESPN started hosting the games, and I I never played pen and pad, so I'm not right. Hanson. You know I never did that. You weren't um, USA Today checking no, the scores two no. weeks later. Right? I understand. Like I, they literally gave me this fantasy column because I played fantasy and. Turns out I ended up winning the leagues yeah. that, I, that I did that. Yeah. So this is this is the funny part that I'll get to. But no, I wrote this fantasy column sponsored by Bud Light. I mean, dude, five, six hundred words every week. It was an Eagles fantasy preview and then their opponent and then a couple of guys around the league. Right. That's right. that. That's all it was. Um, but I wrote this and I took it pretty seriously. And, you know, it was kind of my thing. And um, so what happens is, I, I mean, I obviously didn't think this was leading anywhere. But 2009 comes around. I'm looking for a job. My coworker, Steve, who was also an intern with the Eagles, is like, hey, man, this might fit you better than it fits me. Mm. It was an ad on just Monster.com, one of those websites. Remember Monster? Oh, my God. It was looking for young guys who can move to the Atlantic City area to be kind of to write and and produce content for a fantasy football website. And that was from Hanson. That was from John Hanson. So I look, Hey, I know the one thing I knew I could do is right. Um, and I had this fantasy column. So I'm like, I mean, it's sports. Like would I have preferred to stay with the Eagles at that time at that time. Yeah. 
I would have, you know, I was comfortable, like all that stuff. I wanted to live in Philly, but no, I had to do this. There was a, the writing was on the wall. The, the Eagles weren't going to, you know, extend the relationship. So I went down and I interviewed with Hanson, you know, lo and behold, I got the gig and like, by the way, for those who are listening to the story for the first time, that's John Hanson, the guru who is, mm-hmm. you know, legend in the fantasy space, who still hosts uh, the the morning drive on Sirius XM. So just again, yeah, I'm sure most people, most people know that. Just want to fill in a couple of the blanks here. I was 22. Okay. And when people ask how you break into the industry, I feel so unqualified to answer that question. Right. Cause you, you did it at a different time. Right. Because. You know, when we hired Graham Barfield at Fantasy Guru, and he's now with us at Fantasy Points, Graham had been building a following on on Twitter just by grinding away. And, like, when I entered the fantasy industry, the fantasy content industry was still the Wild West. Yep. Like, fantasy was coming mature. Twitter had just launched. So the fantasy content industry was still a bunch of websites that looked like they were made and, and practically, frankly, probably were made on GeoCities. Like, just like a bunch of like. You're bringing you know, back all these uh, early 2000s uh, websites for me. It's it's nostalgic when like you say Times it. New Roman on the homepage, you know, like you got a black background with red, red letters, you know, stuff like that. Like, and, um, and it was still like, there was still no like super com- com- competition in the industry. And Hanson will always tell you, that's how Hanson, you know, was able to build the fantasy guru brand because in 1995, he was a young guy with, with energy, with time and a satellite dish. That's like, that's how he built, you know, the fantasy guru brand because he had the satellite dish. He's watching all the games. He's seeing guys, Hey, this guy got hurt in the third quarter last week and this running back came in and nobody in, on the world knows who he is. Right. So I'm just going to write one sentence, pick up, blah, 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 you know, pick yeah. up Amp Lee and everybody's going to go get him, and then they're going to win their next week. So information, was what, information wasn't a commodity then it was, it was actually a, it was an edge. Right. Yeah. Like just like, just like knowing who played like that, that's so wild right now, but I, kind of broke in in the middle of the transition to what fantasy is today. And that's why I feel so unqualified to tell people how to break in. First and foremost, did I take a job? Now, Hanson paid me from the start. He wasn't paying me eight bucks an hour. But did I take a job with the Eagles at $9 an hour? And, you know, was I lucky enough to be able to survive on that? I was. Like, I never want to tell somebody, oh, you got to work for free. Right. Like, not everybody has that opportunity. Look, I was late on some student loan payments. When I moved to Atlantic City, my grandma had to sign my first lease because I had no credit, like whatsoever. Jesus. And like I'm renting out, I'm renting out, and it was in Brigantine, New Jersey. I'm renting out a room in a house. Okay. This is a shore community. So they're used to renting to people who are older and have money and have things and have equity and i had none of that you know like you had grandma you had grandma yeah, dolan I had, I had my my grandma my grandma my grandma booba actually grandma booba okay grandma yeah 100 italian um uh my yeah not my grandma but my grandma right. like had to sign my lease because my grandma had better credit than american express so that's, that's just the way she you know she was raised but she had to sign my lease and like look yeah i did struggle okay i did struggle financially but i was also you know, lucky to enter the industry at a time where I didn't have to, ha- I wrote a column for, and, and it was for Philadelphia Eagles.com. Okay. It's a 
notable website. I worked for an NFL team, but you know, if I go back and read that column, I'm sure it's horrifying. Like I'm, I'm, I'm glad the archives have probably been wiped with that. <laughs> no, um, you can find it. You can find the, the internet list forever. And, yeah, and, well, and, and by the way, I, I love this topic. I want to stay with this. And for those who tuned in, we are going at some point, we're going to talk about our dynasty by running backs. We're going to, we have plenty of time to get into that, but I think Joe Dolan, uh, a fantasy points. I think his story is fascinating because again, I, you, you actually already said this, but I would define you as the bridge between the old guard and the new guard, because like I, you said, you came in on the old guard, but you now live in this world of, of modern day fantasy. It's like pre-internet and post-internet. Like we grew up in that era, you know, I'm trying to catch up to it though, but, um, we got time. I'm, I, this is the kind of stuff I love. So, so uh, like going back to like Hanson. So 2009, Matt camp and I started at the same exact time. Um, Matt camp who now he does all the wrestling stuff. Yeah. He does wrestling stuff now. uh, You you always love wrestling. You always had that. Uh, You know, he, he was sick. I mean, yeah. you know, I grew up in the nineties in wrestling and like, you know, I, once I got to, I think once I got to high school, I'd stopped watching it right. and all that, but camp, you know, and for context, Matt camp is your old broadcasting partner on Sirius Correct. XM and you're about and to get had, it. He also worked with guru, um, mm-hmm. uh, for, for a number of years. Um, but, uh, he, he and I started at the same time and, you know, I think it was his suggestion to Hanson. It's like to John, he goes, you got to start a Twitter account. <laughs> Oh, Jesus. And like, and I mean, this is where we're at, right? And like, yeah. John's like, yeah, okay, all right. Well, John, I mean, he must have been one of the first two or three fantasy guys on Twitter. And that's why he has over 100,000 followers, you know, to this day, you know, just being there. And he tweeted, he used to tweet way more. And I used to ghost tweet for him. But right. He used to tweet way more than he does now because I think John has smartly recognized that at a lot of points, there's more downside to upside. Uh, to putting your thoughts out there but no and, and it was just like that's just an example of where that transition was where we got him on twitter and then it kind of built the brand meanwhile and, and this is why i owe i mean the life i have now to hansen it's because john at that time alan you said you found the fantasy channel well john at that time had been hosting for a number of years on the nfl channel mm-hmm. a once and then later twice weekly fantasy show with Kaplan, with Adam Kaplan. Was he ever on DirecTV as well? Yes. Um, right. uh, he was on, uh, he did, no, he did NFL Network prior to that. Okay. He's on DirecTV now, but he was on NFL Network prior to that um, for, for like a fantasy show. And like, obviously, you know, fantasy shows were like, they were buried, you know. Right. It was on Saturday night at like 10 or something yeah, like something that. Yeah, something like that. But it's, hey, he did a Comcast Sportsnet in Philadelphia, which mm-hmm. is now NBC Sports Philadelphia, I think. Um, and he did all that stuff. But, you know, he had hosted this radio show. Turns out, this radio show, the fantasy show, is getting more interaction on the phone lines than any show in, on sports radio on Sirius XM. And it makes sense. There's a give and a take, right? Like, there's – you hosts can build content off of the calls they're getting. The callers can get actionable information from the host. It's a very it, – I mean, it's an advice column, right? And right. So Steve Cohen at Sirius XM was like – why don't we run with this? Um, and he employed Matt Deutsch at Sirius XM to kind of build a fantasy channel. There's a problem with building a full-time fantasy radio channel, though, based around essentially one show. You've got to fill the other 21 <laughs> hours of the day. Right. And Hanson's like, look, I got these two young guys. They, they can talk. Um, they've been doing a podcast for me. Give them a shot. 
all right, we'll pop them on the weekends. We'll give them Saturdays and Sundays. Here I am 12 years later. I yeah. mean, and for those, I want to just jump in here that for those who haven't heard Joe's Sirius XM show on Sunday, can I, if I describe it like this, I'm sure I'm not the first to ever describe it, but just tell me if I'm off here. I would say, cause I listen to it. It's the red zone channel for your ears. Basically, yeah. if you're if you can't sit on the couch for eight hours, like I can't, I, I I need to at least move my body at some point, or else I'll become part of the couch, like they do on those like TLC shows. That y- you guys give a fantasy version of play by play. What now? Everyone sees uh, what what what's it? Chris Hansen, right? That what's the guy's name that John does Hansen. the John? No, no, no. On the the fantasy show, not you, John Hansen. Chris Scott Hansen. Hansen. Scott Hansen. Scott Hansen. Chris um, Hansen's the, uh, the, 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 the perv guy. guy. The guy who yeah, busts yeah, pervs. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Not he's a perv. He busts pervs. But uh, yeah, Scott Hansen, how he gives that play-by-play for gamblers and for fans. That's what Joe does on the weekend. It used to be with Matt Camp, and now you do it with Paul, right? Yeah, with Paul Kelly, who's yeah. just phenomenal. I love Paul. Yeah, Paul so, I, Paul's, uh, I think I'm a little bit of an old soul, while Paul has a little bit of a young soul to him. So like he and I work well together. Um, but so that's essentially what it is. Matt and I hosted on Saturdays and Sundays. And, um, so it's an accurate description. You you're comfortable with that description. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, I mean, that's, that's essentially what, that's kind of what I say. And like, we started, I actually think now our first show was in June. I remember having a horrifying experience once and and I'm sure Deutsch was horrified too, where our, we we used to dial in, not with an IP codec, but with an ISDN line. And Mm -hmm. it was this big bulky ugly box (laughs) and like this thing did not work and like one time we had to do a show from the phones and deutsch had to be horrified he's like oh my god we have to fill the hours but we did it and we we grinded through turns out we get to the season and deutsch is like all right let's do a game day show and the idea was you know camp's idea was hey let's just throw to the highlights well no we can't do that why nfl radio is already doing that okay so NFL radio, if you listen to those guys on Sunday, they're just sitting there discussing, but then they'll go to a game for 10 minutes. Right. Like, you know, and that is, we, we, I, I don't know what the legality of it is or what it was, but we were not allowed to do that. NFL radio had the rights to that. So, so fantasy did not. Um, and so what we had to do originally, we were on from one to five. Now Paul and I are on from one to seven. Matt and I had been on from from one to seven for multiple years. But for I think for the first year or two, we were on one to five. We just had to talk, and that's what we still do. And you know, and I think the difference is, you know, yeah, is NFL radio going to an exciting game for sure? But we're catching you up. We're gonna let you know in the forty-one to ten game who's got three touchdowns and we're going to constantly remind you of that, you know, NFL radio is going to cut to the 24, 21 game. Um, and, and look, and that's what they need to do. That's or the, the nine, seven, game. the nine to seven game, which again, right. No one gives a crap about for fantasy. Right. But like you know, Paul and I are going to be freaking out about the guy who scored four touchdowns in the, in the 70 point blowout. Right. You know? So right. um, that, that's kind of the way it is. And I think we've differentiated ourselves in that regard. And, Am I saying we don't say some stupid stuff on that show? Like, no, of course not. I'm talking for six hours, man. Like, so like it's funny I'm you say it's, something dumb. Yeah, it's funny. But, and you don't remember what you say when you have to talk for that long. And I told you, I dug, I need to find it for you. But, you know, going back a decade ago, I called into the show 
as a, as a fan of the show. And we had a, it was I kind of told you a little bit offline. It was we were having a discussion about Andrew, uh, look, an Andrew Luck lookalike that you had dinner with or saw in a restaurant. You don't, don't remember, remember this. this. I, I know. No. But if I play I was trying to find the call. I was going to play it for you here. Yeah. But again, it just it would it would underline the point that you're talking about, that like sometimes you're just talking about crazy stuff you that you're talking for five hours. You were happy that someone was calling in on game day. I mean, you guys have a lot of calls. Yeah, we I don't even do calls on game day anymore. Right. It was during frankly. the weekday show. It was the weekday yeah. show. Oh, okay. But yeah. I mean, like we used to do calls on game day, by the way. We used to take like start sit and then like yeah. we didn't really like doing it. Like we, we thought it it's took the worst. out of the flow, you know, like yeah, so we just worst. decided to scrap that. But um, and like just like yeah we've come up with some things and like the producers at series first and foremost deutsch and now rob tuesday have give, basically gave us full-on creative freedom on that show like hey look you're talking for six hours you and your producers try to make it fun for you guys and like the producers we love to like get little rejoins with like music that makes video sense game for, music for video the game touchdowns mu- yeah, yeah, yeah like yeah. And it just so like here's here's for instance our guy sandro um who now I think it produces fade the noise on the channel, but he, he was the, um, he was kind of the board guy for, um, for the game day show one year. It was Cooper cups rookie season. So it was 2017. Um, he scored a touchdown in week one of his rookie season at the time. Cooper cup had the number 18. He's now number 10. And I'm, and I'm going to tell you why I'm pissed that he's, that he's number 10 now because he scored a touchdown and we, we camp. And I told Sandro, we're like, Sandro, Here's what you do. Try to make a connection. Sometimes you can't do it, but try to make a connection with a song and the touchdown. Like, you know, for the Rams, oftentimes we'd play like California Love by Tupac, right? You know, like something like that. Well, he comes out and he just drops an absolute heater on us. And he's playing Alice Cooper's I'm 18. When Cooper Cup, who wore number 18, scored it. And I, I picked up on it immediately. And I'm like, and those are the kind of things that 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 kind of fire me up because I'm I'm trying to have fun on this show too, like so like he played that and now that's why I'm pissed. Cooper Cup's number ten now because we can't play. Can't play it. It's done. Well, you know, it's funny you say that, like using uh, the board or the producer to connect it to your content. I mean, you you grew up in Philly area. You listened to Howard Stern, right? You were a Stern guy. I know John was. Were you a Howard I was Stern not guy? Really a huge Stern guy. Okay. The, uh, All right. The, the, the extent of, uh, well, for my generation, the stern knowledge was getting your cheap rocks off on like the E, like when he right. had like, like, like the E show, the, yeah, e, the show. e show, like, no, yeah. um, but no, I mean, Philly sports radio was always, you know, uh, right. I have a contentious relationship with that because sometimes I think it's hilarious. Sometimes I think it's damaging, but you know, um, but yeah, that, I, I mean, look, I, I, when I went into college, and this is going all the way back, I, I wanted to be a broadcast journalism because the only thing I was good at was talking, in my opinion. Like, literally, my high school superlative was talks the most. That, <laughs> And I, I took, a like, our little photo for the yearbook was, like, a, a tin can phone thing. Um, oh, with the strings and, on it? Yeah. The, so yeah. I took a – so I went there, and I said, this is what I want to do. And the advisor at the College of Communications at Penn State was like, you don't want to do that because it's hard to get a job. And – I fell ass backwards into one and look like to suggest that I'm anything but lucky kind of. I see. I'm not going to accept that answer because I told you, you know, here, here comes the praise part where, you know, when I heard you on uh, the radio, you know, that's, that's what made me want to do it. And, you know, it, it took me years even to even think about doing it seriously. I won't take you through that timeline right now, but you know, um, obviously you know you're talented you're there for a reason so 
yes, is luck always involved? Like fantasy football, you could set yourself up with your skilled picks, your research, and of course, you do need an element of luck. But obviously, what do they say? Luck is when uh, preparation and opportunity collide. I mean, you know, age old. So, and for those of you who are seeing Joe Dolan for the first time, I mean, everybody knows him now from his shows on Sirius, um, Fantasy Points. He's a co-owner at FantasyPoints.com, which again, one of my favorite sites. I think you guys are doing everything the right way. Uh, there's plenty of room for quality fantasy content creators. That's what I say. It's, it's a crowded space nowadays but the cream will rise to the top and when you were talking about people breaking into fantasy football i think the answer is the more skills you have the better if you can film content edit content push it out to different platforms understand the difference between youtube and reels and tiktok and also have a you know just a well-rounded skill set that's definitely you know this because you manage people if there's someone that you have to lightly edit and someone that could post their own stuff and do all that stuff, that just makes your world easier. Um, all right, let's get into some, uh, some, by the way, oh, you know what I need to do? I need to pay some bills here real quick. So just let me tell everybody that this, po- <laughs> this podcast is brought to you by Dynasty Owner. If you love fantasy sports and you're ready for a new challenge, Dynasty Owner is the new way to play fantasy football, real NFL salaries, adding the strategy of running an actual franchise. Dynasty Owner provides a unique challenging experience that will test your skills as an owner and general manager. You have the complete, control over your team's future you can build through the draft make trades sign free agents manage your team salary cap and create your own dynasty of champions sign up now at dynastyowner.com start building your dynasty joe dolan you generously jumped in our rotowire magazine talking about old school formats our mm. dynasty draft and uh, i'm i can't wait for that to be published it'll be fun again it's still nice to have a magazine out there i know that you know magazines are a little bit outdated and the magazine produced in june what kind of validity does that hold in August? But we provide updates. You know the magazine business, as you, you said before. Of course. So first thing I want to ask you, since this is a dynasty-focused podcast, is what do you think the biggest mistake dynasty players make, starting with the startup? What's a couple things that just even seasoned players like ourselves do wrong? Yeah, um, and th- there's going to be a lot of people who just completely disagree with me on this. And I think Scott Barrett, who is like Scott Barrett, uh, who's my colleague at fantasy points enters every startup dynasty with the, with the intention of tanking. Um, oh, the productive and, struggle. He's a productive and it do- struggle. But it bro. does work. I mean, he just yeah. won our staff dynasty league this past year, but um, I think going way too nuts on youth is, is something that a lot of people um, will make a mistake of maybe going a little too nuts on rookies. And let me bring up an extreme example because you talking about the Rotowire magazine draft and I wrote about this and I'm not going to give it away. I don't even remember who took them, but some I know guy where you're going. Took I know where you're going. Willis over Trevor Lawrence. Okay. Like what the hell, man? Like, come on. You're going to take a rookie third round pick over a guy who was the consensus number one overall, who had the worst coaching staff in football last year, maybe football history last year. Come on, man. Like, like just, it not like overreacting to rookies overrating youth. Like I always say it this way when I'm building out a dynasty roster, I I'm not smart enough. Maybe you think you are, but I'm telling you, you're not, I'm not smart enough. And you probably aren't either to think more than two or three years down the line. It's one year, one year down the line. We're so bad as an industry at projecting the season ahead of us, Joe. I mean, look, the most important position in fantasy Basically, I mean, for, on a season-to-season basis, remains running back, okay? Um, and two years ago, 
Saquon Barkley is the number one overall pick in dynasty drafts. Okay. Startup dynasty drafts. And we know what's, what's happened there um, with injuries and stuff, but like, all I'm saying is were people stupid to take Saquon Barkley? Not necessarily. It's just that predicting what's going to happen three, four years down the road. That's for NFL general managers. That's not for you. Like we're trying to play fantasy here. And first and foremost, somebody's got to win your dynasty league. It doesn't matter if you, do you get, I don't know if there's any dynasty league. Maybe there, maybe there is out there that pays less money in years one and two than it would in years three or four for those who win it. But somebody's got to win your league. Um, Flags fly forever. So I'm somebody who always is in the mind to try to build a competitive roster right from the outset. And, you know, sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't. I had two dynasty teams that finished in the semifinals this year. That sucks because I know I've traded some first round picks and maybe I made mistakes there, but look like that's the thing. It's, I never think more than two or three years down the road maximum. And I'm talking that's with my quarterback position and like wide receivers is maybe two, you know, running backs is maybe two years at maximum. I just don't think we can think beyond that. I don't think you can sit here and say, well, you know, uh, Isaiah Spiller, you know, with the, with, with the chargers, I'm going to draft him because Eckler is going to get older. And then like, you know, like that, that's the kind of reasoning that Michael Carter was a first round pick in in right. in dynasty's rookie drafts last year and then he immediately gets usurped by a better pick you know the year later so i think it's i think trying to like say trying to think that there's going to be this logical progression for all these young guys is just not it's not in the cards it's really not like so uh, nfl general managers already have a tough time doing this like how to pro- project that guys three four years down the road i just it's not a game that I'm in. Let me tell you that because the NFL changes way too much. Yeah, no, you said that right. It's so tough just to project what the season in front of you. How the heck are you going to know situations two and three years down the road? You can look at contracts to give you an idea of how the teams get out of them. You know, I, I'm all off season. I don't know where you are on Zeke Elliott. I've been telling people to draft him, especially at his cost. Last mm-hmm. year when you had to take him in the first round, yeah, it's a little disappointing. But, you know, one of his superpowers is when you're getting a top 10 running back, in my judgment, because, you know, for fantasy, I'm not saying he's a dynamic player anymore, but, you know, you look at his contract. They can't get out of it for two years so you were talking about players that get usurped in the next year where are you on Gabriel Davis because I mean the you want the number two wide receiver in the Bills offense in dynasty and redraft but let's just talk in the dynasty perspective but next year a fourth round draft capital wide receiver they could take another wide receiver in round two next year and I guess really the question is how much are you weighing draft capital and at different parts of the draft in a dynasty league uh, here's the thing with Gabe Davis. Uh, <laughs> that's the one guy where I might be like, yeah, I don't care. He was a fourth round pick. I'm drafting him. And, and I know my guy, I did an underdog draft with Wes Huber uh, from fantasy points last night. And he is our dynasty guy. He is sick in the head. All right. <laughs> so he's, he's one of those ones who would say, yeah, I am building five years down the road. And I'm like, no, you can't do that. And he's like, well, I can, and I'll show you how, um, but no, I'm in on Gabe Davis. And this is going to sound so high. Like, look, he's not cheap anymore. Okay. You have to draft him in the fifth round. And this was, this was an obvious guy that everybody's going to pick as a breakout, but I'm telling you, like, eventually you have to say, I'm going to pay the cost for that. I know he dominated the chiefs and their bad defense in the playoffs last year, but he scored a ton of touchdowns throughout the season. He didn't play more than 50% of the snaps until like late in the season. And I think maybe the bills had made a mistake. Yeah. I think it's fair to look at them and say, why were you doing this? But did they have a reason to play Emmanuel Sanders over him? I'm not sure. 
but Beasley's gone. And no, they brought in JMO. They brought in Jamison Crowder, who's a good slot receiver, but you know, no Sanders. They have Khalil Shakir, who's a fifth round pick. I think he's probably more of a slot guy. This is going to sound so ridiculous. And I'm not saying the guy's going to be a hall of famer. Okay. Like just not saying that, but I, I, I was watching highlights one night. I probably had a couple of whiskeys in me. And, like, sometimes I'll just sit there and I'll watch highlights, you know, on YouTube. Put them up on the big screen. Um, and I was watching Gabe Davis last year. And I'm watching him. And I'm watching how Allen trusts him. And I texted the guys, but like, our ownership group. And I said, guys, I'm kind of getting T.O. with Jerry Rice vibes here. Like, I don't want to miss the moment Gabe Davis becomes their number one. Right. And I'm still drafting Stefan Diggs over him, okay? Like, but I don't want to miss the moment in the event that happens. Like, Buffalo's the pass heaviest offense in the NFL, one of the two or three at minimum. Okay? There's a lot of targets coming available there. Gabe Davis scored four touchdowns the last time we saw him. Yes, is that recency bias? Yes, of course. But, but he, he did also, it. But, but he, he did also, it. But he also scored a bunch of yeah. touchdowns during the season. Actually, as a matter of fact, he turned a large part of his targets into touchdowns. Um. Nah, I'm in, man. I, I like. I, I just don't want to miss that boat. I Buffalo is not going to change its stripes. Okay, what was their big addition to the run game this off season? A pass catching running back, James Cook. And Who they I tried also- to. And they tried to get JD McKissick before that. Right. Exactly. So there is what there is what they did. And you know, I almost wonder if tacitly, like the James Cook pick is like, hey, Josh, we don't want to take your legs away from you because they make you special. But maybe in like week six in October, as opposed to going to try to hurdle a 310-pound defensive tackle, maybe dump it off to James Cook. Like, you know, save the theatrics for Kansas City in the playoffs, you know? like, And and I don't know if you're going to be able to coach that out of Josh Allen. I think everything we've seen about Josh Allen is he's exceptionally coachable, given where he came from Wyoming to where he is now as a player. But, like, I just don't think they're going to change their stripes as a pass-heavy team. It's not going to happen. And Gabe Davis, I mean, I don't see why, based on role, okay, 1,100 yards and 10 touchdowns can't be in the cards. Like, I just don't see why that – and, like, if he explodes and we're all like, yeah, he could have been – we could have had him for a fifth-round pick, but we all thought that was too expensive, it's going to look stupid. And so, no, I'm in on Gabriel Davis. Okay. So what we're going to do is we're going to take a a short break. And then we come back, we're going to talk about a few must buy sleeper running backs. And again, sleeper is a relative term. It just means guys that you think that could either get, have a slow start and then explode or that are just being undervalued right now. So we're going to take a short break. We'll be back in two seconds for a YouTube audience. Stay with us. The audio uh, podcast audience. Hang on. We'll be right back after this. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. 
Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. And we're back. All right. And just a, a quick uh, wrap up on the conversation. Just lightning quick answer here. Who would you rather have if you're drafting a dynasty right now, knowing that, well, not knowing about the Deshaun Watson suspension, Amari Cooper or Gabe Davis? A dynasty team? Yeah, dynasty team. Davis. Okay, fair uh, enough. And uh, let me see where Wes Huber has him. Because Wes Huber, <laughs> Wes Huber's super with you, high on way. Davis. Wes Huber's super high on Davis. He's got Davis 20th in his dynasty rankings. He has Cooper 31st. Okay, well, there's so your you answer. You might then. argue he's high on Davis and low on Cooper, but yeah. like, no, maybe I'm, maybe I'm just like, what's the South Park episode? Like, they were like, <laughs> they all get like electric cars, and then they like smelling their own farts. Like, yeah, that's what we're. Maybe that's what the whole industry's doing on Gabe Davis. But no, yeah, I mean, it's just situation, man. And we we've, we've seen him at his best. Now, I'm not saying he's going to score what uh, four touchdowns a game in 17 games would be 68 touchdowns. I don't. I'm not saying he's going to do that. But like I, I think double digit touchdowns is certainly in the cards for him this year. Yeah, he's just a he he's, he uh, can be a set it and forget it wide receiver, which is very rare in the fourth, fifth, sixth round. So let's get to our running back. So who's going to be your first running back? You think dynasty players still have a chance? Because let's face it, Jonathan Taylor, DeAndre Swift, they're almost impossible to get unless you want to yeah. overpay. I mean, Javante Williams still kind of floating around there. He's- uh, I know. Yeah, I, I know. I, he's hard to get now. Yep. Yeah. I, I heard your, I saw your video the other day where you're talking about, you love Javante in the second round. That's a redraft thing because in yeah. dynasty, he's, he's the first, a first round, round pick. pick. Right. Yeah. So who's going to be the guy that I'm going to call them sleeper or must buys because they still are buyable and they will return that value. Okay. So let me give you a couple. Let me give you number one where I'm not understanding where the industry, by the way, this guy's a first round pick and redraft. So I'm not tr- calling him a sleeper, but I'm not really understanding where the industry is on Dalvin cook because mm. Look, Dalvin Cook, uh, we understand part of the reason that he's a late first-round pick is because he misses time, okay? But if he didn't miss time, he'd probably be right up there with Taylor. Number one overall. Right. So, like, the the overall RB1 is in this guy's range of outcomes, okay? Um, he's 26 years old. He's under contract. He signed a big contract extension. He's now in a single-digit jersey number, which is going to make him look faster. Um, and he's now in the offense with Kevin O'Connell. That fits him to a, like a glove. It's an outside zone. He's He might be the best zone-based runner in the game. Now, the Kubiak offense, more of an inside zone kind of deal. Outside zone, whatever the case, Dalvin Cook's an, an elite zone runner. I'm trying to buy Dalvin Cook in Dynasty right now. Um, Madison, I think, is in the final year of his contract. 
Um, Dalvin Cook is paid, so I can't imagine they're going to pay Madison too. So just just keep that in mind. Another guy who I'm interested in because he didn't wait. Have wait, a- don't don't go past Dalvin Cook yet. Don't okay, go past. Yeah, because I'm going to who's actually might be a. Yeah, no, no, so no. You're, that's going to be your second one. I want, I want because I want to tag onto this. So, Joe, in the in the RotoWire message boards, the single most frequent question I get is, "What can I get for Dalvin Cook in Dynasty?" And I said. Do not trade him for all the reasons. I'm not going to repeat the reasons, but if you need to trade him, if your team is just not in shape and you need depth, wait till week two when he has 120 yards and two touchdowns and four. Yeah, so you're selling him low right now because there's a, there's a perception out there yes. that he's not going to stay on the field and you know. But like ultimately, I don't care who it is, Kevin O'Connell, uh, whether it was Clint Kubiak calling the plays, Minnesota is still a very and I I use this term narrow fantasy team. You know where the production's coming from when Minnesota produces. Like it's like Cincinnati. Like Mm. like with the exception of Cincinnati mixing in some AJP Ryan, when Cincinnati scores a touchdown, you pretty much have a good idea where it's coming from. Minnesota's the same way. It's Jefferson. It's Thielen. It's Dalvin Cook. They probably want to get Irv Smith involved this year. You know, and that KJ Osborne is a nice late round guy. I I like in best ball too. But no, I like I I just feel like Dalvin Cook's a bell cow. This offense fits him perfectly. And I feel like if you're selling Dalvin Cook this offseason, you're probably not getting top dollar for him. And that's why I'd be in the, in the business of trying to buy Dalvin Cook. Yeah, and you made another great point is that the Minnesota has, has drafted some late-run running backs, not to replace Dalvin Cook, but to replace Alexander Madison, who probably will have some good offers out there being only 24 years old when he hits free agency next year. Yeah, okay, they, so- draw, they, drafted, um, they drafted Ty Chandler this year, who's actually kind of an interesting player. Nwangwu is the guy they drafted last year. He's more of a special teams guy, but they drafted Ty Chandler. Yeah, right. Like they, They're not going to be in the business of paying Alexander Madison after they paid Dalvin Cook. Yep. Dalvin Cook is like that Zeke Elliott. He's the face of the franchise. Everything you said, we won't belabor the point there, but I think an edge in dynasty is look where the the difference, the chasm in ADP for startup players and redraft players. And when there's a big difference, that's usually a buy. Dalvin Cook, RB4 in redraft, RB13 in dynasty. Now, it doesn't sound like a big chasm, but at the top of the draft, that is a big difference. Mike Evans would be another example on the wide receiver side, wide receiver 9 or 10 in redraft, wide receiver 22, 25 in dynasty. That's a buy. Okay, let's go back to your list. Mm-hmm. Who's the next buy, running back buy in Dynasty Fantasy Football? Um, I think Philadelphia Eagles want to throw the ball a little bit more um, this year. Now, first of all, I think Miles Sanders in redraft is a buy at his like eighth-round ADP. I know he didn't score, score touchdowns, but they've got the best offensive line in all of football. Miles Sanders is in a contract year. I think that dude's going to want to ball out. I'm going to get Kenny Gainwell, though. Ooh, okay. And Talk I, to me here. This is good. This is I've, good heard that the Eagles want to increase his role. Miles Sanders is in a contract here. So he's in his last year with the team. Miles Sanders has, he's been a flash player in, in, in his career. Like, oh man, you know, he, he busts off these long runs and then he has games where he fumbles, you know, he might drop a pass and, you know, he had the drop issues in Wentz's last year there. And it's just kind of like always just a guy who just the, the, the sum of the parts is less than, the, the elements right you, you never were happy when you what you paid for miles sanders any year so far right not saying he's a bad player he's just no. frustrating and look I, I i i think kenny gainwell is a guy i'm gonna go out um i remember last year greg cosell who contributes his um his scouting reports to our website so called him best receiving back in last year's class philadelphia's gonna throw the ball more this year um that is a fact and if jalen hurts can't do it they're going to replace him either next year or they'll put Minshew in if he's an utter disaster this year. 
And I think Kenny Gainwell is the best back on the roster for that. Now, keep in mind, they didn't do anything in running back this offseason. They, as a matter of fact, they lost Jordan Howard. Now, they might be able to get Jordan Howard back, but Kenny Gainwell, one of the things about him, um, Boston Scott is a little bit underrated at the goal line, but keep in mind that Kenny, Kenny Gainwell ended up having a decent season in the touchdown department. I mean, I, how many touchdowns did Kenny Gainwell score last year, Alan? Let me pose that to you. I'm rushing touchdowns or total touchdowns? Total. I'm going to guess three. Six. There you go. There he is. There's I mean, your I don't even know if I remember one of them, but he scored <laughs> six of them. So, like, you know, there's a little bit, you know, Miles Sanders not, not getting it done at the goal line. Boston Scott getting it done at the goal line. Kenny Gainwell getting it done at the goal line. Kenny Gainwell had, you know, this is, he had 118 opportunities last year, which is more than I thought. Maybe that's a bad thing because he didn't really stand out, but I feel like his opportunities are going to increase this year. I think Kenny Gainwell is a guy I'm buying. And, you know, when you look at that offensive line, and here is where you can project a little bit down the line because Philadelphia has done an exceptional job keeping that revolving door at offensive line. You know, Dallas, I think, is a team where, the age and the creakiness and the brittleness has come come back to roost a little bit. Philadelphia, meanwhile, replaces Jason Peters with Jordan Mailata. That wasn't even their plan, by the way. They wanted to do it with Andre Dillard, but Jason, but Jordan Mailata ends up developing. Now Dillard's a backup, maybe the best backup left tackle in football. They drafted Cam Jurgens this year to replace Kelsey eventually. You know, they had they had Landon Dickerson in there and Brandon books retired. Well, now they can slide Landon Dickerson in there and they have say coming off, you know, the, the, the foot injury. And now he's back and like, they've just done a good job keeping that offensive line solid. And I don't care who's quarterback. If your offensive line's good, you're going to have a lot of success running football, but Kenny Gainwell is also a good receiver. And we know that receiving backs are extremely important in fantasy. Yeah, I'm here with Joe Dolan from Fantasy Points, and we're talking about must-buy running backs, running backs that are uh, slightly undervalued or in Dynasty Fantasy Football are buyable. As we know, Jonathan Taylor, you, you can't even buy him without you know giving up your whole team uh, in most leagues. So, But before we do that, I just want to let everybody know, everyone knows about Reality Sports, the powerful fantasy sports platform where owners get to build and manage their fantasy teams like an NFL general manager. Time to go out and see what all the buzz is about in the Dynasty community. Free agency, multi-year contracts, rookie drafts, multi-team trades, franchise tag, contract extensions, first-round rookie options, automated contract and salary cap functions, and much more. Think that sounds complicated? It's not. The best thing about reality sports online uh, is a front office, and it doesn't take – you guys basically get to be a front office executive, and it doesn't take any more time than your normal league. It just requires more strategy. So if you think you're among the fantasy elite, this is the platform for you. Still not sure? You can check out our general manager skills for free in a mock-free agency uh, auction draft. If you like what you see, use the promo code ROTOWIRE to receive a 10% discount on your team and league today. Fantasy just got real at realitysportsonline.com. I'm definitely going to check them out and, and do a team this year, especially if it's free. All right, back to our must-buy running back. So in your in the same vein that you were talking about Dalvin Cook, there's a whole list of guys that I've mm -hmm. in, I, you know, in startups. That, by the way, how many uh, dynasty leagues are you in right now? I think five. Okay. I mean, uh, if you count a Devi league that Wes Huber dragged me into, but he managed to drag me into it because I had a great Devi roster. And now, like, and and I'm I'm excited for the future now. Now, here's where I am looking years down the line because I've got, like, Jackson Smith and Jigba on this team. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. Right. You know, I'm all <laughs> fired up about it. Um, No, like, um, so I think I'm in five now. Um, Yeah, the, and uh, 
one with our staff. I'm in a dead look at league. The, look at this one. Look at Joe. Joe. Uh, Joe's has 14 plus leagues. Jesus, she's uh, uh, yeah. Okay, all right. So there are sickos that listen to this. So you say five people yeah. that listen to this podcast are are, are almost like oh, I wish I had five. It's not like we we thumb our nose at you because we have more dynasty leagues. We're jealous. We are in over our heads. This is dynasty league uh, startup anonymous here, Joe. I, I have just joined my 28th league. It is a sickness. It is, it is a problem. Oh, how do you do that? I it's, I'm telling you it's, it, but, it's like I, the thing about the dynasty leagues that I'm in is they, I, they need something to differentiate them. So like one's right. a super flex. I've got a Debbie. I've got just a standard, you know, like, Oh my God, I don't know how you do that. Yeah, no, it's it's a problem, and you know a lot of these leagues fall apart. But I'm gonna start paring it down. I'm pr- my goal is to get to about fifteen or sixteen next year, and then just start paring it down. And just like you said, just having leagues that differentiate each other. But you know, I love drafting. I love dynasty drafting. A lot of them now are best ball, so dynasty best ball where you don't have to set the line. I'm definitely doing that because we just partnered up with the FFPC, and as a matter of oh, fact, smart. I'm going to Punta Cana next week so um, i'm gonna do one of their best ball dynasty startups and it's the that's best. gonna be great that's gonna be great because yeah do you, you like because you get the roster management part of it right but you mm-hmm. don't have the week to week you know like that'll be that'll be really nice in in two of the leagues that i'm in that they only run waivers in week five and then in week 12 that's it so you don't even have to deal with it for those couple weeks too but yeah in um going back to must buy i think aaron jones would be my first must buy Aaron Jones, I mean, you know, it's age 27. So that's like poison for dynasty leaguers. They see that and they go running. But Aaron Jones, I think it's in his range of outcomes to be the RB1 overall. We saw the games last year without Devontae Adams. I mean, and as we know, Aaron Rodgers is a circle of trust guy. Who the heck is he going to trust on that team? Even if he loses a good amount of carries to A.J. Dillon this year, if he splits 50-50, I'm good with it. Just on the pass receptions alone, he's going like – RB 16 in dynasty leagues. I would, if you're a contending team and you're one running back away, I'm happy to give up my late first round pick next year. And you could probably even don't even have to pay that much. So Aaron Jones in dynasty, like I said, could if, if for a win now team, a team that feels they can be in the top four or five uh, teams. Uh, I'm absolutely going to get him. Uh, yeah, Graham Barfield would, would be singing your praises right now because he <laughs> has been like all about Aaron Jones and like, <clears throat> This is another thing that also kind of plays into Alan Lazard in best ball. Aaron Rodgers is the two-time defending MVP, okay? And Aaron Jones is a second-round pick. I think A.J. Dillon's like a seventh or eighth-round pick. Alan, their first receiver off the board is like a ninth-round pick. When's the last time Green Bay had a wide receiver who wasn't worth a That's top great. three round pick in fantasy with That's Aaron a great Rod- point. with Aaron or Brett Favre. Like, when's the last time? So, like, I'm going to be taking those darts. I think Christian Watson's going a little too early for my taste based on his skill set. But, like, yo, Aaron Jones, A.J. Dillon, Alan Lazard, all these guys are affordable based on what they are. Like, so, no, I'm totally with you. Like, uh, unless you think Green Bay's offense is going to stink – for the first time in 30 years, like seriously. Like, yeah, there's uh, no there's no way. I mean, like you said, at, at very minimum, they're like the 11th ranked offense. I'm talking if everything goes wrong, they're like, yeah. you know, they're they're just outside. The, but if everything goes right, they're top six, top five. And then some weeks. Uh, so that's why I think Aaron Jones is a can't miss. I know. He's go- I know Alan Lazar is boring as shit, but like you said, Aaron Rodgers is a circle of trust guy. Well, look. I mean, I know we probably trust Randall Cobb, but Randall Cobb is as fast as I am right now. Like, I mean, like we just gotta we we gotta buy in on this man. Like, the, yeah. the, these prices are, 
and and I know like Aaron, like Aaron Jones in in the second round, there have been points where like he's there, and then somebody sexier like Javante Williams is there, and like right, you know, you're talking about in redraft leagues, right, right. But yeah. no, um, I have a dynasty team, um, which is a superflex dynasty team that actually has Dalvin Cook, Aaron Jones, and Nick Chubb all on it, and I think you can make buy arguments for all three, and Nick Chubb also has Kareem Hunt in a contract here this year. So I know Kareem Hunt has nuked him, but Mm. I think you can make an argument for that too. But no, I'm with you on Aaron Jones, man. I think that's a great – and Graham Barfield, he'd be be even more excited than you are right now because that's been one of his guys. Oh, that's great. All right, cool. All right, so uh, let's let's give a couple more, one or two more each, and then we'll uh, we'll wrap it up here. So you you talked about Kenny Gamewell. I love that because – People are going to use him as a throw-in. You can get him on a, a deal, mm-hmm. like a neutral deal. Like I, I think, you know, an example, just to give people some actionable advice, if somebody is optimistic on Michael Thomas, you could trade away Michael Thomas, get like a, a Marquise Brown, and then figure out a way to like add Kenny Gainwell to that deal, something like that, or just substitute mm-hmm. players than you want. So you talk Gainwell, you talk Dalvin Cook. Those are different parts of buys. I love them both. Give me your third uh, must-buy running back. Yeah, so this one is going to piss people off. Um, I, but <laughs> Good. Like, no, like I'm looking at ones that are like people are going to be like, ew, should I really do that? And that the guy who has him on the roster might just be trying to dump him, Clyde Edwards-Alaire. Woo. I mean, I look, love- I understand. I, I totally get it. He's like a seventh, eighth round pick in redraft right now. This is a guy who was the number one overall pick in dynasty rookie drafts a couple years ago. And things, for whatever reason, have gone wayward. But I, I totally changed my tune. First and foremost, I really hope this year is the year he catches passes because the number two back there is Ronald Jones. What do you know about the uh, the rookie that um, that they drafted, Pacheco? Isaiah Pacheco. Pacheco. Super yeah, I don't- Okay. So is he, is he, is he a guy that's going to play? You think he's got an opportunity and like, okay. um, uh, Ben Kukanis at fantasy points would yell at me if I didn't bring him up because, uh, he, <laughs> that's was the fastest, he was the fastest, well, he was, he's a Rutgers guy. So he mm. was the fastest running back in a straight line at the combine. So he's got speed and we know what Kansas city loves. They love speed, but their number two running back right now is Ronald Jones. Okay. Right. Ronald Jones ain't going to be a threat to Clyde Edwards, Alaire on third downs. And if he is, then Edwards Alaire is done. Like, because right. Ronald Jones can't catch and he can't block. That Those are two things that Daryl Williams, who, by the way, I also kind of like as a, I mean, I'm not saying he's a dynasty buy because he's on a one year deal, but I like him this year in Arizona. Um, he could catch, he could block Daryl Williams. Okay. Ronald Jones yeah. cannot do those things. I wonder if Clyde Edwards Alaire is finally going to graduate into the role that we thought he was going to have when he came out of LSU when he caught all those passes. And also the one piece of news that kind of changed my tune on him this offseason was when he kind of, and it kind of got buried. He went on just like a random Chiefs podcast and said, yeah, um, my gallbladder failed last year and I lost like 50 pounds. Yeah. (laughs) And like, I think he said, now I don't know if he's exaggerating because I can't even believe, but he said at one point last offseason, he was down to 165. All right. So if he's building himself back up from that, um, that's going to, I mean, all of his energy is basically going to putting weight back on and like how much energy left does he have to actually be a really good football player? Look again, this is like the Gabe Davis thing. Everybody's on Gabe Davis. Nobody's on Clyde Edwards Alaire. It's investing in an offense where there's opportunity available. Yeah, everybody's running away from Clyde Edwards I just want to underline something you just said that I think is really important because people that listen to this podcast, they go pretty deep. Uh, Daryl Williams, man, if you're doing a startup, that you need to draft him. He, you could basically pick the round you want him in. And now he is on, uh, he's, he's in uh, Arizona. He's behind James Conner. James Conner 
throughout his career has missed multiple games. I mean, you could pick any one season where he didn't, but he's a good bet to get digged up if they use him as a workhorse. And what do we know about Daryl Williams is that he, uh, he, he won you a league. Like if you were in a playoff matchup and started him in a, an obvious start, he got you like 17, 20 fantasy points. So I love that. And then he got the stamp of approval from the Kansas city chiefs. And if, if Connor goes down, I love that. It's yeah. talking- you want me to talk about Daryl Williams? Yeah. Uh, you know, let me let me dig up because I actually ju- I actually because you wrote- you mentioned them, but you skipped over it, and I think that that's an actionable piece of fantasy advice right there. Yeah. So let, let, let's uh, let's go to Daryl Williams here. Okay, it's really sneakily, it's a fantastic spot for fantasy. He's a good receiver. He's a good pass protector. He, in theory, you know, could be a rotational type of back with with James Conner, much in the same way Edmonds did last year. Although Edmonds is a different kind of player. Edmonds, by the way, last year, I know he was kind of a disappointment, but he was still the RB28 in fantasy points per game. That's a usable fantasy player. That's a guy who's on rosters. But beyond all that, we know Darrell Williams, when he gets volume, he can produce. In seven games without Edwards-Alaire in Kansas City last year, Williams averaged 17.5 fantasy points per game. Over the entire season, would have ranked him as the RB9. One spot ahead of James Mm. Conner, who averaged 17.2 fantasy points per game. You know... Nobody's going to confuse, as you alluded to, nobody's going to confuse James Conner for Cal Ripken Jr. Um, <laughs> uh, and look, uh, he's missed two, at least two games in all five of his NFL seasons to date. Here is the backfield. Conner, who was great last year. They rewarded him with an extension, but we know his issues. They have a sixth-down rookie in Keontae Ingram, and they have a never-was in Eno Benjamin. That's the backfield behind James Conner. Um, you can make the argument that Daryl Williams is in a spot to be one of, if not the premium handcuff in all of fantasy football, right up there with like Tony Pollard and Alexander Madison. Like, because we know he produces with volume. It might not be sexy. It might, he might average 3.8 yards per carry, but he's going to catch four passes every game. He could score touchdowns. He's good at the goal line. He can protect. This is a guy who I think coaches love. Um, I think it was Patrick Mahomes basically like told Cliff Kingsbury and Kyler Murray, yo, this is a guy you want on your team. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Edwards Alaire considers him a mentor. Now, Darrell Williams is a guy, if I, if I, if I, if he's my number five running back in every single best ball draft I do, I will be happy with him. Yeah. I would actually elevate him above Tony Pollard. And I'll tell you why Zeke doesn't miss games. You know, there's there. It just, he doesn't miss games. That's one of Zeke's superpowers is he doesn't miss games. So uh, honestly, that was what made him bad for fantasy last year, ironically, because you play Zeke when he's hurt and he doesn't produce. And then Pollard comes in and he looks like he's got his hair on fire. Um, yeah, but no, like, yeah, Daryl Williams, man. I just thought when they made that signing, I was like, oh man, that makes a ton of sense. Ton of sense. And you know, so uh, talk about injury away. I mean, it could do a whole podcast on injury away. Uh, let's get, well, do you have one more for us? Do you have one yeah, more? Me, must uh, oh, oh boy. Oh boy. Um, I know, like, I know people probably were looking for like low end sleepers and I gave you one with Kenny Gainwell. Yeah, no, I, I well, see, but... I, I think they're looking for actionable fantasy <laughs> Intel and I, it, it doesn't matter what part of the drafts at anytime. Like for example, we just went to Dalvin cook. There's people looking to unload Dalvin cook. Now they hear uh, someone with, with dynasty experience like yourself say, go get him." that, uh, you know, this is actionable advice. I'm going to whisper this one. <laughs> Saquon Barkley. Yes, yes. Because, uh, because I mean, I, I think it's like Gettleman-itis. Like, people just, uh, people are so down on get. And look, Saquon was not good last year. He's had the injuries the last couple of years. You can argue his coaching staff was the worst in the NFL this side of Urban Meyer the last couple of years. Um, the injuries certainly haven't helped. But the offensive line has improved. 
he's talking in glowing terms about Brian Dable right now, who's now an adult in the room. Um, <laughs> you've got a talented pass game designer in Mike Kafka, um, who is going to be a head coach very soon. Um, mm. And you get the he's working as a receiver. They're going to play those ten personnel sets where I think he's going to be one of the four receivers out there. I don't know, man. Like, like, like. Here's the thing: you can get him for a song. Well, let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. Let's give like people a real dynasty trade. Uh, would if you have the one one and you're about to take Brees Hall in your dynasty league, would you give that up for Barkley? No, I like no, and that's why that's why I'm I'm having Barkley in this conversation right now. What if you have the one two? You need to do that. What if what if you have the one two though? Let's say I don't think no, I don't think you need to do that. Okay, so what do you like, think? You what's a realistic trade? Give me a trade where not like okay. oh let's see if he takes it, like one where you know the guy is going to take it. Like like let's just say like I think you can get Barkley in like kind of a spare parts kind of trade, like where you're like, all right, I'm gonna give up like a 2023 first and like Damian Pierce. I think you could get bites on that. Okay, so because I Damian- yeah no I. Agreed. I agree with you. I think like, you there's give- no way. Look, I'm not. I'm not dumb. Okay. I'm not. I'm not. The, the reason I'm telling you to buy Saquon Barkley is is because I don't think you need to give up Brees Hall or Kenneth Walker or Garrett Wilson for him. I think it's because like somebody's going to look at Damian Pierce. Ooh, shiny new toy. You know, opportunity in Houston, but he was a fourth round pick, and. We already talked about it earlier in the podcast. Michael Michael Carter was a first round dynasty pick last year, and now he's dead. Like, like right. so, so. So let me give you the hypothetical here. So, say you yeah. won the league, or you were, you know, and you're at one twelve in your rookie draft. Would you give up one twelve? Which Damian Pierce goes at one twelve sometimes, not all yeah. the time. I see him mostly go in the middle. In one league where I just was doing a total luxury pick, I stupidly took him at one twelve. I don't advise that. Don't do that. Take Jahan Dotson instead. But uh, if, would you give up 112 and your 23 first, knowing you're a contending team for Saquon Barkley? So on paper, it looks like you're giving two firsts. But in reality, I mean, let's say, would you give up like 2.3 and next year's first? Because that's where Damian Pierce yeah, goes now. I, two, three. I think okay. I would. All right. yeah, and, and that's like, the most you have to pay. Yeah, that's and the, the, not, right. And I'm like saying, like, that's one that actually made me think. But no, I mean, I think Saquon Barley's, Barkley's value is so depressed. And whatever it is, of course, the injuries is the A number one factor. He hasn't produced. But people just love Duncan on Dave Gettleman for making that draft pick. And they still love Duncan on Dave Gettleman for making <laughs> that draft pick. And like, you know, what? it doesn't it doesn't matter anymore. Yeah, it doesn't matter anymore. Like, OK, Saquon also he's in a contract here, you know he's a guy who if he comes out and he's 80% of what he once was, he's going to get paid. He's going to get a role with a really good team. Maybe hell, even maybe the giants resign him because they don't have any, there's the other thing. The giants don't have anything beside him. Yeah. Who's behind him? Matt Breida. their best, you know, I guess they could bring back Devonte Booker who was all right last year. Um, But no, like, I mean, I like, I hope Brian Dable helps rewire Saquon. We know he's, he's a guy who's going to look for the home run for better or worse. But I actually think in the environment he's in this year, better offensive line. They've done a great job building up that line. Andrew Thomas has developed. They actually have an adult coaching staff right now. I mean, talk about it. Like, if it's not going to work for Saquon this year, it's never going to work. And that's that's the way I'm looking at it. And he's another guy who I'm buying in the third round of redraft right now, only because you can make similar arguments for McCaffrey. The difference being McCaffrey, when he was on the field last year, was actually a dominant player. But – no, I like. I think the coaching staff upgrade. I think the roster upgrades, and I think the fact that he's probably cheap as hell in dynasty relative to what he has done 
probably makes this a buying opportunity for a contending team because I don't think you're going to have to give up a ton of assets that are going to end up hurting you in the long run. Yeah, you said something interesting also about redraft. If you're picking at two, three, or four in your redraft single QB league and you want to go receiver there, Saquon Barkley's an auto hit on in the second round there. You don't I wouldn't even chance it to the third, even though you probably could. So I think you I, can I, from where I've where I've been doing right. I, and I'm my most of my experience right now is underdog. So that's a little bit of a different because it's best. That's a wide rec- and that's also a wide receiver nutty crowd there. Yeah, they get nuts about the wide receivers and underdogs. So yeah, yeah. That, that's something you've got to you got to keep in mind. But uh, the but NFFC no, is more running back. Really, mm-hmm. you know, uh, look, I'm I'm gonna say it. Like, uh, I think some of the things with these dynasty bylaws is you got to make something that somebody's gonna tell you, oh, you're an idiot. Like, why would you buy Saquon Barkley right now? Well, that's why. Because, like, I feel like I feel like if everybody's going to think you're a dumbass for doing it, then, well, that means you're buying low on him. Like, I'm not – I'm again, I'm not trading Brees Hall for Saquon Barkley. But I'm – like, Brees Hall's a much better dynasty asset than Saquon Barkley right now, but I don't think you have to. Yep. No, that's good. That's a great place to end it right there. All right, Joe Dolan, you did it again. Thank you for, you know, taking the time. You're always so generous with me. I, I, again, you know, I've been listening to your stuff forever. I'm a fan and I'm so happy to have you on the podcast. Um, We'll definitely do it again once, you know, your, your grind cycle wears down again. And I look forward to keeping in touch with you. Just let's uh, give everyone. So, on Twitter, it's at FG underscore Dolan. You have to keep the FG. Huh? I mean, you're, you're too embedded well, at this point. Well, I'm, I think it's because I'm verified. And that now uh, that blue check mark really goes to your head. Um, Do not screw with the, the, the blue <laughs> check mark. Rotowire is having this like major like internal debate. For some reason, we're having trouble getting our main Twitter account verified. And I, I, I they're nuts about it. So and I don't know well, if it makes that much. But yes, when you have it, it's a flex. I got verified like four or five years ago right. i literally got rejected on the same exact application like five times and i just yep. kept sending it in like and they're just like ah screw it i'll verify <laughs> this guy um hey alan like if you, if you don't mind me plugging um we've no got, pl- this is your this is you got you got two minutes now to plug we've got um we're, we have a, a, a pga package we're launching college football at fantasypoints.com because i told you wes huber's a freaking sicko do you um, guys have a promo code that my listeners could get dolan 22 okay Dolan 22. Will and get what do they get with that promo code? 10% off any, like any it. package. Um, um, and here is the, uh, the kicker. Um, we are launching very shortly um, fantasy points data. Um, we are charting. And who's we, doing the charting? Are you going to do it? Um, no, we have a team. <laughs> we have a team. I'm not going to announce uh, just yet, but we have a team that's going to be doing the charting. We're getting into that business. And the idea is, we want to become the most actionable charting website for fantasy players. This is, it's going to be fantasy facing. And the idea is um, you're going to be able to do it for a fraction of the price of what you might have to pay at other sites. I think that's one of the things that we at fantasy points are going to make a hallmark um, is like, like a lot of the things that we do, we're doing proprietary. Yeah, and, and by the way, fantasy points is always too cheap for what you give. You guys give way too much value away, and again, that's why I love it. That's why well, I'm, and you know. I, I think that's kind of what our thing is. Is like, like, but we're this is why we're doing things proprietary. Like, we built our draft tool, our fantasy points generator, from the ground up. We're we're building a DFS optimizer from the ground up, and like, look, I, we knew at the beginning that this was they were going to be a little feature light compared to some other tools out there. But once we develop them to the point where we think they are truly industry competitive, if not industry leading, 
we knew because we had developed them in-house and we're not renting them from somewhere else that we're going to be able to put it in front of people for a cheaper price than some other sites might be able to. But getting into the charting business, I feel like is the thing that could really separate us. Um, and we have a vision for that. We have um, an exceptionally gifted developer who is, who, you know, it's not so much having the data. A lot of places have data, but putting it forward facing. Right. Where's the action? What can, do all the work for me? Just let me know. Right. Let me know like, what the data is, but let me know how I look, can apply this. We'll have the APIs and we'll have the CSVs in the future. We will. Like, and, and, but we want to be able to say to a fantasy player, hey, use this tool. Here it is. It's going to look good. It's going to, you're going to be able to look at it and say, oh, that's how I use that. Like, that's right. the whole goal. And our, yeah, look, we, we, you know, we've run into problems with developing our optimizer and developing our generator. But like, this is kind of fun. Like, it, I don't know. It kind of feels like we're like the, the weird kid at the table, right? <laughs> like, we're, we're, we're like, hey, let's, let's just try this. And, you know, like, there are, and we'll see what happens. But like, no, we are going to be launching that. Um, I think, I think we're going to have a team at the FSGA who's going to be, I will not be there, but we're also going to have basically our entire staff in Canton, Ohio. Um, I don't know if y'all be there, but uh, we're yeah, no, be there of course. For, for the FFX, I'll have represent. Yeah, yeah for the be FF Expo, we'll have our, I'll be there. Grant Barfield will be there. Wes Huber will be there. Tom Brawley will be there. I think Hanson's going to be there. Um, so we're going to have everybody there. And this is the thing that we think is going to really separate us in the future, in addition to our content. And like, um, I think our content's good. Um, but you know, we, we're, we're just trying to separate ourselves. And I think one of the things is we want to be able to be affordable for people. And, um, and, and I think what, that's, what's, but you hit on it because the typical fantasy player nowadays doesn't just subscribe to one service. They subscribe in my judgment to what I've seen well, is to multiple services. Do you know what really was the spark behind this? And I, I know, I don't know if we're getting really long, but me, Graham Barfield, Scott Barrett, John Hansen, we're sitting here, we're talking when we write our content, we have to go too many goddamn places. Like, 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 and I mean, that's not, that's not like to say these places don't do good work, but I'm like, why don't we have the capacity to do this? Why don't we have like, right. and that's kind of where all this was, was born from. Yep. No, we want to be able to use our data to make our content, which means we're going to be giving you content that you can't get anywhere else, essentially. Yeah. I love that. And, you know, like I said, Rotowire supports you guys, um, you know, with, for everything you do. And you're always welcome back on this podcast when that launches to come promote it and tell the people what's going on. All right. I want everyone, I'll put all those links in the video description below. I, I put most of your stuff in there already. I will add whatever, uh, you know, the direct link to the website. Joe Dolan, you're generous with me as always. I enjoyed having you as a guest and, you know, we'll be in touch. And like I said, we're going to have a tech discussion offline. Everybody also, let me just do a quick, uh, quick promo. Let everybody know you can see behind Rotowire's paywall right now for free. Just go to rotowire.com forward slash try. You get the, a full view of everything, including the Superflex dynasty rankings, which I refresh every Sunday or as news uh, opens up in the summer. All right, everybody, we'll see you next week. Uh, we're going to have uh, – do you spend much time on TikTok, Joe? Do you do uh, any vertical video? I do not. I probably okay. should. Yeah, I well, am, you were asked an, about Twitter. This, yeah, no, it, it, you're not old. The, the average yeah. age is now – the there's four uh, – I think it's 30 and above. There's now 40% of the users are 30 and above. Yeah. So, oh, okay. No, yeah. I mean, I, I, I watch videos that people send me that are funny. Yeah. Um, you're made oh, for TikTok, though. I think um, you're – oh, fan, I appreciate that. Yeah, because, you, you know, it's, it's short snippets, but actionable advice, good personality. I mean, I, you know, and it's, there's the best, you talked about Twitter a decade ago. Uh, TikTok is the best place mm -hmm. to grow organically currently. 
I mean, you guys have a massive t- Twitter following, but I'm talking about the next frontier right now is vertical video in my judgment from what I've seen. And the reason I'm even bringing that up is that uh, there's so there's not so many. There's a couple really good content creators on TikTok. I'm actually having one of them on next week. So he's not an old school guy. He's not someone that's been in the business. He's someone that's pretty new, but he developed a massive following in a short amount of time. So I'm going to have Max uh, uh, Fantasy Football he's, uh Arizona on that's what his handle is so I'm looking forward to that I just love having guys that have been in this doing the grind for multiple decades like yourself and then the following week we have a guy that's been in the game for like less than two years you know that that's what's so cool about the pod all right and thanks again Joe Dome we'll see everybody next week noise, noise. The sun goes down.